Uh, oh, our last one here. In 2030, you can catch Carrie Pierce blank. Carrie Pierce will be the best for the 40 year old with the best abs. <laughs> that's that's an awesome answer. That's my best answer we've had that. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get That Job, the show where two not-so-interesting guys ask interesting people one question and then interrupt them as they try to answer it. Joining us today is Kari Pierce. Kari graduated from the University of Michigan, where she won four Big Ten championships on the varsity gymnastics team. Since graduating, Kari has competed at the CrossFit Games five times, and three times she's been named Fittest American Female. She's currently the fifth fittest woman on Earth. Aside from her career as an athlete, Kari is also a trainer at CrossFit Spot in New York City. She also runs one of the most effective workout programs in fitness called Power Apps. Kari, welcome to the show, and how the fuck did you get that job? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on the show. I love the name, uh, first of all. Um, and I know you, since you said that you guys are going to try to interrupt me, I don't know if I should start my story or if oh. I should like... <laughs> Because it starts when I was very, very young at the age of three, and I started gymnastics. And then, I mean, everything kind of took off from there. I started gymnastics with my sister when I was three. She was five. Um, and continued to do that until I was 18 at the University of Michigan. Um, did about 20 hours of gymnastics a week from the age of five through 21. Um, and when I was eight, I decided that my goal was to go to the University of Michigan and do gymnastics there. A lot of girls like wanted to go to the Olympics, but I, I didn't have any interest in that. I wanted to go to University of Michigan because I grew up in Ann Arbor, which is the city where the university is located. And go blue. Go blue. I mean, basically that was my uh, gymnastics career kind of growing up. And then after I stopped gymnastics at 21, um, I've been doing it for 18 years. I'm like, I am over it. I don't know. I want to still work out. I still want to do fitness, but I don't know what I want to do. Um, and in college, I studied movement science. So I knew that I wanted to do something related to the human body. And I thought I wanted to do go to PA school right out of college. I took a lot of hard classes like organic chemistry, biochemistry. And when I graduated school, I went to shadow at like some PAs and it wasn't what I thought it was, you know, just being stuck in a hospital. And I mean, maybe it was, I just shadowed at the wrong place, but it was seeing a lot of like older patients and just like them getting knee injections, telling them they had to lose weight. So it was a lot of that. And I was like, that's, that's not what I'm interested. I'm interested in like working out in the fitness aspect of it. Um, and right after I finished college, I also had a strength conditioning coach who, I mean, as a gymnast, you obviously have like all the body weight stuff that you do, pull-ups for days, push-ups for days, handstands, all that stuff. But I'm like, I still, I want to work out, but I want to do something different. So he coached Olympic weightlifting and was like, I think you would be really good at this. Like you have really short levers. And I mean, I, I had squatted, I squatted, the first time I squatted was between my sophomore and junior year of college. So I was a little bit older compared to a lot of other athletes, especially like football players when they start lifting early high school, I don't know, maybe even sooner. Um, but I was like, I'll try and give a sport, a different sport, a, a chance. So I did weightlifting. And during this time, I also did an internship at Michigan. And I worked with a bunch of baseball players, lacrosse players, field hockey, you name it. Just a bunch of different sports learning about athletic performance along with training in weightlifting. So I 
did that and signed up for a weightlifting meet at the end of that uh, semester. So I competed in a weightlifting meet and I was also doing some personal training at this time. So I was working at a Valley Soul Fitness just because I had a friend that was like, oh, you're fit. You got your degree in movement science. You should coach people. You should train people. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I like this was still kind of when I was doing PA school and then the internship. And I was like, I think I'm still going to go to PA school. Um, but then I was like, fine, I'll listen to you and I'll do a little bit of personal training. And then thank goodness, like the shadowing didn't work out. So I was personal training and I realized that I loved helping other people. And I also just loved fitness itself. Like when I finished college, I thought I was going to be done with sports, like competitively. I was like, I'll still do it for fun, but I didn't think I would still really continue to compete. So I was personal training and then doing the internship, I did the weightlifting meet. But right after I did the weightlifting meet, my back started to bother me a little bit and so did my wrist. And from there, I went to the doctor and they're like, you have a bulge disc in your back and you have beginning sides of carpal tunnel. So for the carpal tunnel, for the wrist, it was like, just take a couple weeks off, you'll be fine. For the back, they're like, you can't squat from four to six months. And I just like looked at the doctor and I was like, I like can't squat. I couldn't do like leg press machine. I couldn't do lunges, like anything that was like weighted. I could do body weight stuff um, or like the leg extension, leg curl machine at the gym, but I couldn't do anything with load for four to six months, which I mean, you're telling an athlete that it seemed like an eternity. So I had done the weightlifting meet and I'm like, okay, well, what's, what's going to be next then? And since I was personal training at the gym, there was a lady who did some not, not bodybuilding shows, but it was figure. So it's similar bodybuilding, but less, less muscular. Um, but more, I guess more of like an athletic look. She's like, Carrie, you would do great in a physique show, which is, so for those that aren't familiar, it's like, it goes, uh, bikini figure physique bodybuilding. So bodybuilding is the most muscular physique's like a level down. You're at, have an athletic look, but you're not, but you do have a decent amount of muscle. Um, uh, but you're not the extent of a bodybuilder. So I was like, that would be fun. Um, so I ended up doing a physique show because I could work around the injury with my back. I just did leg extensions and leg curls for my legs. And then I could still do all of the upper body stuff, the pull-ups, dips, all the bench press, all that kind of stuff, which the bench press, like bench pressing is my favorite. How are so those do- similar? How are the, how are those similar and different? The like first weight comp weightlifting competition. And then that first bodybuilding experience or like physique experience. How, how are they similar? You said, Yes. How are they similar and how are they different? Yeah. So like with weightlifting, it's all about the nut, like the amount of weight that you can lift. Um, so weightlifting, it's clean and jerk and snatch. So there's two lists that you do and you do have a weight class. So right before you're, you weigh in, um, and that's nerve wracking in itself, trying to make a weight class. Um, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore, but yeah, and then you go and you have three attempts for each of the two lifts. You get six attempts and the most weight that you lift for either one is your total, your total weight. So it's based on your performance, not on your looks. Whereas when you go to do like a physique show, it's all based on how you look and how the judges think you look, um, which is nice, but also not, um, it's not based on like, you don't go and lift weights or anything. It's just purely like you step on stage or in like this little skimpy bikini that like, you know, barely covers anything so that you can see the musculature, you get tanned and everything. Um, but your diet is way, way more important for physique than it is for weightlifting. Like weightlifting, it's important because you have to make a weight class and you have to be able to perform. But for physique, it comes down to like every 0.01% body fat, like right before you're getting ready for the show, you have to really pay attention to what you eat and like 
my training was very, very minimal right before the competition because I just like completely cut out carbs and I was eating like any, like around a thousand to 1200 calories a day of basically just like chicken and broccoli and like a little bit of fat, but like barely any carbs, just like cut as much as possible and just to get super lean. And then you also have to play with like hydration and stuff. So it was a great experience competing in the physique show, but much respect to like any athlete that does bodybuilding, physique, figure, bikini, anything like that, because it's hard. Like it's like those last two weeks, I was so cranky and like, I'm like, I don't even want to like be around people. Cause I like just feel bad because I'm always in a bad mood. And so it's like, not only do I respect the athletes that do it, but then also their significant others because they have to deal with them like right before the shows. But it is really cool to see like where you can take your body, like how lean and like vascular and everything you can get. So like you see, if you've watched like Mr. Olympia with the bodybuildings, they're very, very impressive. They're like two or 3% body fat. You're just like, how is that possible? But it's, it's a lot of dedication and very, very hard. For sure. And I, I want to take it back all the way back to your childhood before we get too far ahead. Like, what was it like growing up in a college town? Uh, it was amazing. Um, I mean, I didn't really like go out and party a lot and whatever. But when like, I think part of the reason that I did feel so strongly about going to University of Michigan, like I got recruited by other colleges um, around the country, but it just Michigan just stuck in my head. I grew up going to the football games and the hockey games and obviously the gymnastics meets because that was my sport. Um, so I felt like I was just like entrenched in this university and you go out to eat like at the restaurants and you always see people wearing like Michigan shirts and on the, like every Saturday football Saturday, the traffic is crazy because everybody's there for the football. So I think it's part of being in a college town, part of being in a college town where football is like the thing. Um, and all the football players, like even on campus were like the cool kids. I think that's the way it is with most uh, most colleges and stuff, but I think that's the reason that I do like bleed base and blue too. Is just growing up in that college town and then making my dreams come true by actually going to the university and being part of the college. You spent that year as the like, strength and conditioning intern. Like, how seriously did you consider trying to go all the way into coaching? Yeah, so I actually like really considered it for a while, just because I love being around athletes um, and just like the athlete mentality is like they're so easy to coach. It's like, okay, go do this, go do this, beat your head against the wall five times. Like, yes, yes, yes. Like they'll do whatever you say. And I was like, this is almost like too easy. Whereas like I worked with like the general population and I still continue to like personal train, like some of the general population. They're like, I'm tired. Why should I do like, I feel like it's like a little bit more of a challenge working with like the general population, which I kind of like. And I feel like I get to educate people. Not that like athletes don't want to be educated but they're just so into what they're doing that they're like okay what do you want me to do how many what like and sometimes like you don't have to like explain things or whatever like it's almost just too easy um coaching the athletes and stuff and I mean it was amazing like I was one of those athletes I'm like how many do I want to do you want me to do what and then my senior year I wanted to I learned a little bit more especially because I was getting my degree in movement science and I wanted to learn more about why we were doing and what we were doing um so I think I kind of just like ended up steering more towards like general population for personal training because it was a little more difficult, but I loved my coaches and like the environment, especially of being at college was just amazing. And I feel like that would be a really cool job to have, but they do have very crazy hours. Like I talked to my coach about possibly becoming a coach because I did the internship and I was like, I do really enjoy this, but they have, they do have like, you know, long hours with like 
big breaks in between. So it's just kind of thinking about like different things. I mean, it's the same as a personal trainer. Sometimes you have like, you work like six to nine and then you work from like 12 to three and then like four to seven or whatever at night, just like different breaks in your day. Um, but it's kind of, I guess you develop your own schedule. Whereas when you're coaching other people, you're on someone else's schedule. So there's a few reasons that I like thought about coaching, but then ended up kind of like taking a little bit of a different route. That's been, that's been a really like common theme. And with a lot of the people we've talked about, like it, it doesn't even matter the sport, but the people coming out of college and like trying their hand at coaching, the answer every time has been, yeah, those people, those first couple of years are like just too much. Like it's a very intimidating block to get over. And that's, I coached a little bit of gymnastics too, like right out of college. And I, I think just like doing it for such a long time. And I was like, I truly loved it. Like it, well, not every minute, but 95% of it. Um, obviously being an athlete, you know, there's the ups and downs. So most of the time I loved it. Um, but then when I was done, I was just like, I'm over it. Like, I don't want anything to do. And I was like, okay, I'll try coaching a little bit just because I've devoted my life to this. Like I should at least like try and get back to the younger kids. And I was just like, mentally, I just like, could it be in a gym? And I think part of that is also do like, fortunately for me in college, like I knew right when I hit my senior year, I did that, like my team ended up making it to the super six, which is the farthest we ever made it my whole time in college. So it was like the highlight, like the high point. And then I knew that I was going to be done. So like mentally, I kind of just like prepared myself for that. I know some athletes, like their career is cut short due to injuries or other things, but I knew after that senior meet, like I was going to be done. So I think I kind of like mentally checked out. And then after that, when they're like, Oh, come and coach. And I'm like, I've already like mentally checked out. And that's actually part of why, like I had a friend that kept telling me I should start CrossFit right out of college, but I didn't want anything to do with gymnastics. And they're like, it's like basic, like handstands and pull-ups. Like it's not real gymnastics. I'm like, I don't care. I don't want anything to do with gymnastics. It has been too long, too much time in the gym. Like, I want something different and then the weightlifting and bodybuilding. And then I end up doing a powerlifting meet as well um, before starting CrossFit. But I think just all the years of gymnastics, I was just kind of like mentally done. I'm like, no more. I tried, but that's it. But then about five years, four years after that, then I ended up getting into CrossFit. And what, what was that push? What, what, what sent you into CrossFit for the first time? Like what kind of kept you from saying, from keeping saying no? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, so after I ended up doing the physique show, then I ended up moving to New York city and I had a friend that was a powerlifting coach at a gym that I was just personal training at. And I was training for this powerlifting meet one day after I finished my training, I saw stuff like I saw the CrossFit on ESPN. And like I said, my friend had been telling me like, you need to cross it. You need to cross it. She actually went to the CrossFit games a few times on a team. What, what year carried- is it? Uh, well, I start. I started CrossFit in November 2014. So this was right before. This was Jan, uh, July 2014 that I saw it on ESPN. So yeah, one day I was just training at the gym. I finished my training for powerlifting, and I saw it. And I was like, that does look interesting. I was like, let me try it because I've, I've heard about it, but I've never actually sat and watched it. So I was, sat down. I laid a yoga mat down. And I just like laid there, watched a couple of hours of the games, just playing. I was like. I think I could be pretty good at that. So that was in July. And then actually like a couple weeks after I had already committed to doing a weightlifting competition in November or the powerlifting meet. So I was like, 
okay, I'm going to do the powerlifting meet. And then after that's done, I'm going to try CrossFit. And it was actually like, in this time frame, uh, the guy that owns the gym that I actually started CrossFit at, CrossFit Spot in New York, reached out to me and was like, gymnastics coach. I'm like, no, I don't want to be a gymnastics coach. She's like, it's not actual gymnastics. It's like CrossFit gymnastics. And I was like, okay, let's sit down. Let's talk. I was like, I just saw that CrossFit thing on ESPN. My friend has been telling me to do it. I was like, I want to learn a little bit more. And it just like, it worked out that he emailed me and was like, cause he wanted a gymnastics coach himself. Um, and then he wanted to end up opening a gym. So he's like, what is your input? I saw that you've were a gymnast at a very high level and now you're a personal trainer. And I was like, yeah, and I've been meaning to get across it. So we kind of sat, we talked and I ended up switching. Like I was just at a Globo gym and then I ended up starting to work for him in October, but I'm like, I've already agreed to the powerlifting meet. Let me just finish that. And then I can start CrossFit. So it was November in 2014 after I did the powerlifting meet that I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to give this CrossFit thing a try. For those dummies like me, like who haven't done CrossFit yet, like what is the main difference between CrossFit and powerlifting and and the training that goes into both? Yeah. So it's, they are, they are very different. Um, So one, one of the major things is powerlifters nine probably 95 percent of them do not do cardio me included when i did a powerlifting competition my co-workers would joke with me about walking up the stairs so like are you sure that's too much not too much cardio for you i was like it's one flight guys i'll be fine and they're like okay they would just give me a hard time because you're focused just on being strong not being you know not being able to run five miles or not being able to do handstands or anything else um so one part of crossfit is powerlifting so you do want to be strong, uh, but in CrossFit, you also want to be able to run five miles on command or row a 10K, 10,000 meters on command, or be able to do handstand push-ups or a bunch of pull-ups. So powerlifting is basically just focused on how much weight you can lift in bench, squat, and deadlift, where CrossFit is that, but you also have a lot of other elements, include, like I said, including running and swimming and Olympic weightlifting, clean and jerk and snatching and doing all sorts of crazy handstand walking and handstand pushups. Um, so my favorite thing about CrossFit is that it is so unknown. So like powerlifting meet, you know that you're going to go in there and you know that you're going to do bench, you're going to squat and you're going to deadlift and you get three attempts to do each to do the max weight that you can. CrossFit, like sometimes, I mean, when you go to the CrossFit games, you usually don't know what workouts you're going to do. And so for CrossFit, you have to be prepared for anything. So they say prepare for the unknown. So you could show up at the CrossFit Games and they want you to run a marathon or they may want you to one rep max a deadlift or they may want you to do a bunch of pull-ups or handstand walk across the football field or all of the above in different events. So CrossFit, the reason that I like CrossFit so much is because you have to be good at everything. And if you have any holes, then you're not going to be the best or you're not going to be at the top. So, I mean, like you said in the intro, I'm fifth in the world. um, And I still have my weaknesses, but I try to work on everything so that there's no big weaknesses because all the other girls that are at the top are really fast. They're really good at running. They're really strong. They're really good at body weight stuff. So they're just so well-rounded. So I have to be well-rounded at everything. And when you started, because you have, you have such, like, a perfect background, like, heading into it. Like, when you started, was it just like, oh, wow, I'm really good at this? Or did it, did it take a little bit to, like, find those weaknesses? Uh, it did take a little bit to find those weaknesses. It was like, part of it was like, 
I'm really good at these pull-ups and ring dips, but I do not know how to weight lift. I mean, I, I know how to weight lift, but it wasn't at the level that I needed. Because, I mean, I did the internship for, and I did a competition for clean and jerk and snatch, but I mean, you see the Olympians, they spend their entire lives trying to learn these two movements. And I only trained them for like six months before moving on to something different and then moving on to something else. So I had like a lot of the pieces that I needed, but it wasn't to the level that I needed, except, except the gymnastics, just because the body weight endurance uh, for handstands and pull-ups and stuff uh, were there. But then in CrossFit, you have like the kipping and butterflies. You have more skill movements as well. So I had to learn a lot of skills, even though the raw body strength was there. Plus, I had never done anything endurance. So running was something special to learn and like rowing and swimming, things of that nature. So I kind of, it was like a couple months that I was like kind of new to it and still trying to figure it out. But once I like got going and kind of figured out the sport a little bit, I feel like you end up seeing what your weaknesses are because the open came, which is the international worldwide competition. And you can compare yourself to everybody around the world and see what you're good at and see what you need to work on. Shout out to a previous guest, Corey Bellamore, because you were saying like, did you just realize you were amazing at it? He actually is the world record beer mile holder and he did it on, on his first time uh, doing it. He cracked the world record which was which wow. was amazing of a story. So, uh, Yeah, that is incredible. Is um, it, has he done it again? Yeah, he's, uh, he, he's, he's... He's like the Michael Jordan of the sport. done it four times. But That's he said amazing. that a lot of people, he doesn't get... Like, people are like, oh, like, you're, you're shaming the sport and stuff like that, but he kind of, you know, plays it off and plays yeah. it pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Very cool guy. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. But I guess, I guess something before we get even farther into your story, like just something that like, I want to know is like, how, what, it, what is it a normal day look like for you? Like yeah, so, the day-to-day training schedule. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so my training, I train Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, or like normal training days. And usually those are four to six hours uh, of training, usually broken into two set, two sessions. Um, and through the, it depends on the day, like how they're broken it up, but usually like through both sessions together, I'll have some sort of endurance piece, which could be a rowing, running, swimming. I haven't been swimming recently. I can't wait to swim again. Um, biking or like a skier machine, just so some just sort of metabolic conditioning, a one piece, uh, or one equipment thing. Usually that's anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. It'll be intervals or sometimes just steady state. And then I also have some sort of strength work. Uh, so whether that's squats or deadlift, bench press, um, then some sort of Olympic weightlifting, cleans, jerks, snatches, clean and jerks, different kinds of uh, just pulls from the ground. And then I'll do some accessory stuff, which is like bodybuilding, like dumbbell pressing, rowing, uh, lunging, just some accessory stuff to like, you know, make sure that my joints are staying healthy and kind of building the accessory muscles. Um, and then I'll have some sort of gymnastic skill piece. So a bunch of pull-ups, handstands, rope climbs, depending on the day. And then some sort of CrossFit workout, like a Metcon, which can be anywhere from two to seven different movements um, that you're doing for time or sometimes for quality. So that's four to six hours, like I said, of training, uh, cumulative. And then I usually spend about half an hour of mobility mixed between like my warm up and then cool down. Um, and so I'll get up, I eat breakfast. I get up usually around seven 30. I eat, you want all this detail too? 
or just the training? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, I'm just going to keep talking. So if you need me to stop, feel free to. <laughs> um, but yeah, usually I get up around 730, uh, just kind of chill out for a little bit. Sometimes write my journal, relax a little bit. And I have breakfast um, around usually 8 to 8.15. And that usually is oatmeal, 45 grams of carbs with some eggs and then some sort of veggie with it. It can be peppers or spinach. Um, and then a glass of water along with some coffee. So some people I know love like to know about macros and stuff. It's usually 45 grams of carbs, around 15 grams of fat and around 20 grams of protein. Um, and that'll be my first meal. And then about an hour later, hour to an hour and a half, depending on how slow I'm moving in the morning, I'll get to the gym and do my first session, which is usually two to two and a half hours. And then I'll like do a little cool down, a little stretch, have my second meal, which is something kind of similar to my first meal. Well, it has usually oatmeal, but it'll have like, it's usually maple and brown sugar oatmeal. So something that has a little sugar, so a little faster digesting energy um, with some lean chicken breast. Usually that's around 20 grams of protein and then a little bit of a vegetable on the side as well. And sometimes I'll throw in like a little bit of peanut butter because I get eight grams of fat with that meal. Then I do my other workout, which depends on the day. It can be anywhere from two to three hours. And during my workouts, I drink protein and sugars as well. I know everyone always asks about supplements. Um, so I have whey protein with dextrose sugar. I'll have 20 grams of protein and 60 grams of carbs with each meal. So yes, I eat a lot of carbs. Um, and then after my second workout, it usually ends around five, five thirty. And then I'll eat a meal after that, which is similar to my second meal. So usually like a higher glycemic index carb, which is the oatmeal. Every once in a while, it's white rice uh, with some chicken and veggies. So it's 75 grams of carbs there, 20 grams of protein and eight grams of fat. Then I get another meal around 7.30 or 8, which is 60 grams of carbs, uh, 20 grams of protein and 15 grams of fat. It's usually like usually I'll have steak and sweet potato with some asparagus or something like that for that meal. And then I eat again. Uh, right before I go to bed. Um, and sometimes like, well, before this quarantine thing, like I would personal train clients, uh, either in that midday break between training sessions or later on in the day, um, after I'm already, I've already finished my training. And then, I mean, other than that, I don't like my work is my power apps, which you talked about a little bit earlier. Um, so usually at night I'll do some programming for that, or, you know, answer emails, answer questions, um, or, do like a lot. I've been doing a lot of like live power apps. I actually just finished one right before this, uh, twice a week. So I do some work with that, uh, throughout the day and then usually go to bed around 10, 10 30. I stress how impressive like fitting the business stuff in with all that is David both work with athletes and we see how hard that is. It's like, you can say like, Oh yeah. Then I spent like, you know, two hours doing, and doing this in between when you actually get down to like going from training hard and then trying to get into work mode like that's difficult that's really tough so kudos <laughs> oh thank you thank you it is and like one thing though is like i love i love what i do like i love personal training people and then i love the power apps so i think it's part of just like really enjoying it because i know like there was a I, I hate to say this but there was a time when i was like personal training kids and stuff and it was a lot harder for me to like mentally switch um the training and then working and i realize like now like when i have clients that i love and when i love like the power apps and seeing the results and everything that people are getting i think it's a little bit easier like when you realize that you actually enjoy what you're doing versus just doing something to do it uh we, we did want to 
in a little bit of the competition stuff because we didn't even quite get into that yet. Your first CrossFit Games, what was that experience like? Like, how intimidating is that? Because I guess for anybody listening that doesn't know, like, that's a huge event. There's a ton of sponsors. There's so much, like, I don't know what else to call it, fluff around it. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was it was incredible. Like you said, and it was very intimidating. So, yeah, a little just for people that don't know the CrossFit Games, it's basically, like, the international, the championship, the yearly championship of, CrossFit. Um, and like I said, I had watched it on ESPN the year before and I saw all the athletes that were there and then like just stepping into the gym, like where the hotel was, there was a gym inside of it. And I remember like getting in the hotel and I was like, okay, I'm going to go get a workout in. And I remember just like walking in and you see all these people that you like saw on TV the year before and that you like followed on Instagram and you're like, they're literally like right in front of me and I'm going to be working out next to them. And like, I'm not going to lie that there was some time, there was a few times that I like questioned myself. I'm like, do I really belong here? Like I just started CrossFit less than a year ago. And here I am with like the best athletes in the world. And so like, I was even a little bit intimidated to like lift in front of them and everything. But I remember one of the girls, like right when I walked in and she must've recognized, must've noticed that she didn't recognize me and she came over. Her name was Margot Alraz. And she's like, Hi, my name is Margo. Like, welcome to the games. If there's anything you need at any point, like you have any questions or whatever, please let me know. And it's just like that moment that stuck out. It's something that I'm going to remember. And like, she is this, like one of the sweetest people ever. And it's, it's incredible. And I mean, we're, we're friends today. So it's cool that like, that's kind of how it started. Because like I said, I was just like in awe of all of the amazing athletes that were there. And it was like a little kid in a candy shop. And like, you see the girls and the guys and everyone's like, working out and you're like I just I watched them and now I'm like get to compete with them but you're super intimidated at the same time because you don't know what to expect you like walk in there and you don't have a lot of information like you got to check in at this time and then I mean there's not many details that you get before so just like kind of walking in and I mean I was I was not really expecting anything for myself just going there and just having as good of a time as possible and doing my very best so it was I ended up getting 21st in my first year they have 40 athletes there. So I was like, okay, that's actually pretty good. But from that is when I kind of like got addicted to the sport. So like, it's my first year. I'm a couple months in, I'm 21st in the world. Now I want to get better. And like, it was kind of a test because I like started CrossFit. I didn't know like if I would love it or whatever. But then after going to the games and experiencing that, and I'm like, okay, I need to improve upon 21st, especially because I think part of like the bittersweet part is the top 20 got paid. And I got 21st and there was like a few days where I'm like, I don't even want to know who got 20th place because if I would have got 20th, I would have got money. And then I ended up looking and it was another girl from Australia who's like super chill, super down to earth. And I was like, okay, I'm glad it's her because she's like super nice. But that kind of like got the wind behind my wings to want to keep going. But it was very intimidating and you have no idea what to expect and you don't see everything that goes on like behind the scenes at the games, like all the briefings, then even like when you're warming up for a workout and you do your warm up and then you have to like stand in the corral and wait for like half an hour. So you like warm up so you can stand around for half an hour because you got to make sure you're in the right spot at the right time to be able to walk to the field and then end up doing your event. So I think just from going to the CrossFit games, I earned a lot of respect for the athletes that continue to go there year after year, just because it is, it's hard and all the like, and then you're eating and everything gets messed up. You're like, I just, I worked out like, you work out like four, 
five hours like a day, but it's like a lot more broken up. Like usually my training is like, okay, here's this, then I eat, then I have this, then I eat. Where it's like, okay, I don't even feel like eating because you're in the sun and you're in the heat and you're like, okay, I guess I'll drink a little bit of sugars and whatever. Um, and that year I had no idea what I was doing with like nutrition either because you don't want to eat anything. You don't want to drink anything. So I did it. And then the next day you wake up and you feel like you've been hit by a bus. And I mean, obviously you did a lot of workouts, but then the years after I learned a lot more about nutrition and started working with a company, which made it a lot better. But yeah, I think the first year was definitely very intimidating, but I learned a lot and I've been to four since. So it definitely says something about how much I enjoy going and competing at the CrossFit games and just competing against the best in the world. And now I know that I belong unlike that first year when I was just like looking around, like I hope nobody's watching me do this lift right now. And now I'm like, I hope everyone's watching me. So. <laughs> and how, and how much of it, you know, you talked about like that mental piece of like warming up and I, I'm sure that like gymnastics, like, like you really helped you like be ready for like the performance aspect of it. But like, how much does that mental piece really matter? Cause, and I don't want to get too inside baseball with it, but I know there are athletes in CrossFit who are incredible in their own gym. But when it comes down to like actually get out under the lights, it, it doesn't try quite translate. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question because gymnastics was super helpful. Like I started competing at five years old and I remember when I was like, I was super small and they had like actually had to lift me up to put me on the balance beam so that I can do my routine. And I've just been in front of people my entire life. So that's, a huge benefit when it comes to competing in a sport like CrossFit. Because like you said, I think a lot of people can do fine in their gym when they're in their own environment and everything is controlled. Like, okay, I know I can warm up and then I can start whenever I want. But when you're on someone else's clock and then, and you have like all these girls or guys to the left and right of you, and you have to try and like stay in your lane and know that you have a strategy and stick to that strategy. But then the girl that you're right is going faster. And you're like, Oh, should I speed up? Because she's going faster. Or it's like, no, you have to like try and continue to play your own game. Whereas when you're in a gym, you're by yourself. It's easy to do when you're on a field with the best athletes in the world and they're going faster or maybe slower. And then second guess yourself like, Oh, should I be going slower right now? Or should I be going faster? So I think that's a big part where mental toughness uh, comes into play because like I said, I've been used to competing in front of people for a lot of years. And I mean, people, when you're performing, you could get nervous too. And you, miss a rep or you forget what you're doing and mess up something and a little mistake costs you a few seconds. That could be a few spots at the games. Um, and I do think like at the top level, the mental aspect of it is just as important as the physical, especially like at the games when the workouts really hurt and like it's, you know, the work, the athletes that end up being at the top are the ones that can go into that pain cave and like just be mentally tough through the workouts and, you know, no, what to expect from their body and know that they've trained the right way and just stick with their game plans for the entire workout. And I guess this is kind of a really like here and now question, but you know, with, with COVID and now everybody's is like competing from their own gym. Like, how are you, how are you dealing with that? And like, I, how do you think, how much impact do you think that's going to have? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely been tough for a lot of athletes just not being able to train in their own environment and with other people. Like, I'm fortunate because I had access, like, basically to a, like, to a pretty nice gym during COVID, but I just miss people. And, like, I never thought I would say that. And, like, it's just so different. Like, I, I usually don't have training partners. 
Um, I train most of the time by myself and I like my coaches there a lot of the time. I also have a weightlifting coach who I would like go to see. And it's just, it's different when there's no one in the gym and you're like by yourself and it, even being a like professional athlete, like it's hard to motivate yourself on certain days. Like usually I go to the gym and I see other people. I'm like, Oh, they're working. I need to work. Or like, even if they're not doing a workout with you, they're like, Oh, they're in the gym. They're like watching me, even though they could be turned the other way, they could be in the bathroom, whatever. Like, you don't know, but I always like just tell myself like they're watching, like don't slack. Um, whereas it definitely is harder when you're by yourself. And like for the first couple weeks, even of like COVID, I was like kind of lost motivation a little bit too, because all the CrossFit events, like I was supposed to do, I was actually the week that like everything kind of like set in, like when the NBA got postponed or canceled and everything. And then the flights to Europe got canceled. Um, I was supposed to go to California to compete that next week. And then they're like, Oh, actually like, we're not going to have this competition. And then everything like slowly got like pushed back or canceled. And you're like, okay, well I'm here like busting my butt for what? And then like everyone was speculating that the CrossFit games are going to get canceled. And you're like the biggest competition of the year is going to get canceled. Like what am I training so hard for? And like, I mean, potentially like beating up my body because it's a lot of training that goes into it. It's like, it's hard to stay motivated. Like everyone's like, Oh, you stay motivated. It's easy for you. And I was like, no, it's not like I'm still a normal person. Like there's days I'm motivated days. I'm not like I have to have something to train for just like everybody else. I mean, yeah, I can step into the gym, but what's the point if I'm not going to give my best. Um, so it's definitely hard during COVID, but like I said, I also had like the live power apps class. So I was like, at least like there was that, which was nice to do. Um, and I do have coaches to report to. So that's super helpful. And helped keep me motivated, especially after like, a like I said, those couple weeks when I like kind of got over the slump and then luckily things got moved to online. Like Rogue just had the online competition, which was incredible. And it's just cool to see like the athletes come together, even though they're like all, like they said, there was like 40 places all over the world that they were coming together to compete from. But it was just cool that they could actually make that event happen for athletes. Just like I said, for, I think for the athletes also for the spectators, like it's cool that the spectators can see it because they're like, okay, like there's something happening. Like people are still working out. They're still getting fit. I can too. And it was cool to see Jacob Hetner doing like his own commentary too on his comments, like during the, like shout out. He actually, he's a maybe on the podcast. He gave us a maybe. So we're not going to call him a no quite yet. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's hilarious. He is great. He just wanted to have a little bit of fun with it. And he's like, it's a little more personal anyway. So I'm just going to give my own little Absolutely. flavor. Absolutely. That was great. For sure. So for the last three years, like I've worked for an NFL agency and I've always wondered why more high level athletes don't train out of New York city. And I just want to ask you like, why, why don't they like, what's that answer? And, and if you could touch on too, like, I know you're currently, we were talking about it offline, but the transition for you moving out of New York city. So touching on those two, I think would be awesome. Yeah, no. And that's a great question because so many people always ask me like, why are you in New York? That's not an ideal place to train. And I think part of it is like, I found CrossFit in New York. So that's where I started to train. And so I don't know otherwise. Space obviously is very limited. Like you go to a CrossFit gym in New York and you're lucky to get 3000 square feet. When you go anywhere outside of New York, it's like 6,000 or more square feet. So it's, you get a lot more space when you're outside of New York. And I mean, you know, running on the streets, you're kind of like, dodging people running in and out where when you're anywhere else, you're not dealing with that as well. And in addition to space, like just the amount of equipment that you can have in the gym, like the gym that I train at in Manhattan is very limited on equipment just because of the space. 
so a lot of the extra things that you need um, to be an athlete or to be like professional athlete, compete at the games. We don't have room to store those equipment pieces at the gym in the city. So I, my coach luckily like is out in Queens and he has all everything that I need uh, because he coached a team at the game. So he has like the yokes and the sandbags and a lot of the strongman stuff and like pegboards, just a lot of different equipment where you don't have access to that at normal places in the city. I think it's just because space is so limited or like even like football players, like where are they going to go run and practice outside? Like I have a little 200 meter track near me, but a lot of time there's people on it. And so you're like dodging in and out of people. And my coach is like, Oh, what were your times? I'm like, well, I can give you my times, but there was people in the way. So he's like, can't you like go to a track? Like, you know, he knows how it is. It's just like, it would be nice if there was a track where there wasn't like 15 people that you're trying to like dodge around though with COVID it's been, it has been a little bit more empty, but you also have to be like a lot more cautious about like really going wide to people and not being close. So I think it's just like the space limitations um, are reasons that people don't live in the city and it's more expensive. And I mean, to be completely fair, like whatever I make from CrossFit and sponsorships, like that money isn't going to go as far if you live in New York city than if you live in another place in the country or I mean, possibly in the world. So I think for me, I've just, it's all I've known. I've been here since I started CrossFit and my coach was in New York. Um, then he moved out to Jersey. I actually moved out to Jersey for a while and missed the city. So I moved back because my weightlifting coach was here and then my CrossFit coach is in Queens. So I just figured I had coaches here, like I was going to stay, but it's, it's definitely not an ideal place to train. I've just made do with it. So actually the opportunity to move somewhere else, um, has come up. So yeah, next week I'm going to be moving out to Las Vegas just for some more space and a little bit, I think better training environment, just it'll be a little bit more open. Um, and I'll have more space. Like I was like, I can't wait to have my own garage gym. And I think it's just after all of this craziness, like when I'm looking for a place, I'm like, that's my number one priority now is to have a garage gym just so I don't have to worry about going to gyms or anything. Like I'll have my own space and I don't have to worry about it being stuck in an apartment in New York is, you know, was hard during COVID because there's, you know, only so much space, but I made it through. So I'm ready to ready for a new adventure somewhere else that does make training a little bit easier, especially for like a professional athlete. We, as like we talked about earlier, uh, we interviewed Corey Belmore, world record beer mile. Dave and I are tr now training for a beer mile uh, against each other and two other guests we had on the podcast. Would power us out with that? <laughs> all the power ups workouts especially that beer mile i mean especially if you're doing running i think like v-ups something that is going to work your core and your hip flexors because running you definitely need some strong hip flexors so definitely make sure you guys are getting in some v-ups and then you also want to do something that's going to get like your obliques just to help you stabilize while you're running so you better throw in some like russian twists or like some bicycles things like that with it and i always like people doing burpees because that'll help get your endurance up so That'll get the heart rate up and then get some bicycles or some Russian twists along with some V-ups, whether they're single leg, double leg, whatever you want. You need to get those abs, you need to get those obliques and those hip flexors firing. firing. And, uh, I, I've been seeing on your social profiles, like you've been posting a lot about power abs. Like, was that a COVID thing or like, why did you, why did you start that? Yeah. So I actually started that over a year ago. So it started last January um, 2019. And 
it had, it was going really well. Like, you know, it was nice and steady. A lot of people were doing it around. What's really cool is that people are doing it around the world. Um, so it's just, it's all online. So it's been global. Um, but it did start to blow up during COVID. And I think part of that, you know, everyone's confined to their houses and they couldn't go to gyms. And one of the best things about the program, I think, is that you don't need any equipment. It's all done on the floor and it's, it's five days a week, 10 minutes a day. So it's something super easy that anyone can do. There's level one and two for my basic power abs program. And then I also have summer power abs, which is one, two, and three. Like if people want a little more of a challenge or people are like, I have an extremely strong core. I'm like, here, try this. It's a good challenge. Um, and then I also have extreme power abs, which is three and four, which all the superstars do. So, I mean, some people have done power abs and they're like, okay, I need something new. Then I tell them to either do summer or do extreme. So it started, like I said, last January and then through COVID it kind of took off. And I mean, I've, I've really been enjoying it too. Cause I get to do live, I do live workouts on my Facebook twice a week with whoever wants to join. So it's just on my athlete page. So it's every Thursday and Sunday. And it's, it's been cool for me too. just, I mean, a lot of people, you know, lost their jobs and lost, I mean, I mean, they'll get uh, new people that got sick and there was a lot of, there's been a lot of negative and I feel like it's kind of a little way that I could create a little bit of positive in people's lives. Everyone's always like, Oh, I'm so excited that you did that. I'm glad. Like it helps me stay motivated and inspired. So it's been cool that I have been able to focus more on that during COVID because I haven't been coaching at the gym or personal training my clients. So COVID's kind of given me a reason to focus a little bit more on that and continue to watch that grow. I, I think uh, we're, we're probably more level one guys getting ready for the beer mile, but we got we to get into that. Perfect. <laughs> well, Jake, speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's, he's the extreme. <laughs> Uh, okay, we're uh, we're terrible at ending these, so we have to, we started to end with just super quick questions. Uh, my mom has the sponsorship rights until somebody buys it out, so it's the Michelle Miller quick question. Uh, you got it. Uh, person you'd most want to sit down to dinner with? Um, so the first person that comes to mind is Ryan Reynolds. Um, I mean, he's, he used to be like my Facebook or my, my crush and I have like a bunch of movies from him. So I think it would be really cool to sit down and just like talk with him. I don't have a crush on him anymore, um, but I do love his movies. So I think it would be really fun to just sit down and have a good chat with him. Jake has a crush on him too. So it's okay. Oh, perfect. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we share that. Uh, <laughs> uh, favorite, favorite city in the world. <laughs> Uh, Zurich, Switzerland. I went there last year to visit and I was like, it is just beautiful, like everywhere and the air is so fresh and you can drink water anywhere. I was like, this is amazing. I heard it's really expensive, but it was, it was beautiful. Is it okay to sleep with socks on? Yes. <laughs> That's a funny question. Whoa. We got a yes. <laughs> I think me and you and one other podcast guest are the only people that agree with us, but... <laughs> Oh, okay, but we agree, so it's fine. Everyone else we is agree. wrong. Exactly, Jake, you're the minority. Uh, you, guys, you guys are like three out of forty. So, <laughs> uh, favorite romantic comedy? Uh, Just Friends. It has Ryan Reynolds in it too. Great one. That's, that's the first Just Friends. We've got. That's a great one. I can't believe we haven't heard that yet. I gotta watch that. I've never seen it. Uh, it's best good. Spot, best spot to eat in Ann Arbor. Uh, my favorite is Pizza House. I love the chapatis. I was just going to say, I, I, I was expecting Zingerman's. That's what everyone says. Yeah. 
Tia Claire Toomey's one flaw is uh, handstand walking, and that is her only one. It's the only <laughs> thing that I can beat her. <laughs> one of the few, one of the few. But yes, handstand walking, because she's like the sweetest person ever, too. So. No, we were, we were hoping we were hoping for some tea. We were hoping for that. <laughs> yeah, she like it, she's one of those people. Like every time you see her, she's just like so excited to see you, so happy, so bubbly. And I was like, I can't not like you for being so fit. Like you're too nice of a person. <laughs> Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. The coolest gym you've ever trained in. Well, what one gym? Uh, it's it was a bodybuilding gym in Ohio, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a famous bodybuilding gym. And it was when I was doing my phys- about to do my physique show, and it's a gym that sticks out um, because it had like a million different machines, like eh, like fifteen different like kinds of rows and ten different kinds of leg presses. Um, it should be it's a famous gym. I think it's in Columbus, Ohio. People people will probably know it, but I can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, what's your go-to quarantine snack? Uh, RX bar almond butter, the vanilla almond butter. It's like in the packets. And yeah, it's, it's vanilla almond butter. Oh, it's so good. When will Michigan win their next football championship? Uh, you're going to make me sound like a jerk. <laughs> I don't see it you're happening be, anytime. Be real. Yeah. I know. Ron Harbaugh is probably listening to this. <laughs> I know, right. I mean, it's probably not going to be within the next, like, 15 years i'm gonna say in 20 years that's that's a great idea i I, we, I, I i agree with you we get too many fa- we get too many fans that say 20 like when we ask this question too many fans when just go, 2021 next football championship 2021 all right yeah all right man. Yeah. <laughs> no i'm realistic i'm realistic and I'm, I'm sad that i'm realistic but it's not gonna be for a while <laughs> Uh, oh, our last one here. In 2030, you can catch Carrie Pierce blank. Uh, 2030. I'm going to be 40 years old, but I'm still going to have some great power abs. But I'll probably be retired from CrossFit, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so Carrie Pierce will be the best for the 40-year-old with the best abs. <laughs> that's, that's an awesome answer. That's my be Best answer we've had to that. <laughs> oh, thanks so much on the show. Where can people follow you? Uh, on Instagram, Carrie Pierce CrossFit, or my website is CarriePierce.com. Thanks for coming on the show, Carrie. I realized I butchered your name as soon as I started. I did one intro, so. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll go back and do the intro again. <laughs> you, know. you tried once and you're fine. That's why Jake does the intros. Thank you.